Hello, and welcome back to The Mandalorian Review on RiotRadio.ca. My name is Eldon Atkin. I'm joined with... Evan Halbert. And today we're talking about Mandu, uh, CSI Mandori. <laughs> CSI um, Mandori. Or whatever you want to call episode 22. So episode 22 of The Mandalorian was arguably the strangest. It was probably the most left field. It was 100% left field. Like if you... So if you... <laughs> I would argue it's a little of a filler. It, uh, yeah, it really is. But like, it's it's just so funny. Mm. It is so it's so bad, but not like acting wise. Like the acting's amazing. It's like the room, you it's know. Just the content. The room was bad, but it was so bad it was good, you know. Yeah. So let's just jump right into it. So if you were to watch episode twenty-two, and you watch the recap, the recap plays a very big hint. There's what's gonna so happen. much. This is probably the biggest recap we've had in any episode. It was the longest episode. recap. It's like almost 10 minutes long. It shows Moff Gideon. It shows Din Djarin talking to um, Bogotan about the Darksaber. It shows uh, Mando going back, or I guess Din going back to Mandalore, getting captured. It shows Bogotan saving him. It shows all this stuff. It basically recaps the last couple episodes of season two and goes into season three recap and then go straight to the episode pretty much yeah and it's a big one if you watch that it's fantastic a lot of people people just skip the recap i understand why it's not it's a recap i don't need i saw the episodes i don't need to see it i don't know if you i think the only part of the recap that you need to take note of is the fact that uh you get to see x woes you do the recap and he kind of plays a big part in this episode um that's probably the only thing you should really remember um considering any other major part of this we saw recently. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the big thing. Be like, oh yes, this is who that is. But other than that, you can skip a good chunk of it. So speaking of X-Wolves, jumping into episode 22, you have a Quarren, which are, if you've seen Mando or any kind of any kind of show, like you see the Quarrens in the first episode, you see the Quarrens again in the second season. You see Quarrens a lot. Quarrens are the weird squid like triangle shaped heads with the tentacles um the three teeth the three teeth yeah the weird beak um they very much play a huge role in star wars you see them all the time in clone wars there's a couple episodes where they fight with them on calamari and the cis you see quarren and axe wolves well you don't even know it's axe wolves i guess it's just really no first of all, he just kind of identifies himself as a war mandalorian we just want to talk about this like the practical effects Mm-hmm. in this look amazing just as a whole for the series i'm yeah. glad they're using quite a bit more practical fix it doesn't feel overdone no not at all um it's not like the most recent thing and the most recent example i could give of a overdone practical effects movie is the D movie um and this doesn't quite feel like that i feel like wherever they use it it's appropriate um like with uh the captain pirate yep. uh gorian shard yep um and even with these prosthetics and, and the modern calamari and the... Oh, it looks so good. It, they, look, they look really good. So I, I don't feel like it's overdone in this. So you see, a, you see a ship. They're like, oh, we're being, you know, there's an Imperial 
Star Destroyer behind us, or at least a Corvette or some kind of carrier. Um, let's hail them, talk to them. They're like, oh, sorry, Warlord, we didn't know you are here. He's like, we're not Imperials. I'm not a Warlord. He's like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm not a criminal, he says. They're like, okay, well, uh, can we hire you? And he's like, actually, you can't, because we're Mandalorian. Hey, we're, you're late to the party. We've already been hired by yeah. it's such a uh, weird the Mon thing. Calamari king the or prince or whatever. Mon Calamari, the diplomat, the, is a, they just mentioned her as a female diplomat. Mm -hmm. So her son's been kidnapped by the Quarren. Turns out it's like a classic love affair. It's a Romeo and Juliet situation. Mon Calamari meets uh, Quarren. Forbidden love. It, it covers everything. <laughs> and this really sets the tone of the, of the episode. It was, again, I watched this episode. My girlfriend was beside me and she very much looked up and was like, what's happening? <laughs> and I'm like, don't worry about it. You get this weird moment. So they take, the Mon Calamari gets taken by the Mandalorians because his mom hired him to take, her home, take him home. That's that. You see Axe Wolves, you see other Mandalorians we've seen. Um, oh, what's her name? The uh, the one with the braid. Oh, I'm not too sure. Her How pop figure's on uh, clearance at uh, Toys R Us if you're looking for it. That's all I know. I don't remember the name. Yeah, anyway, so much it. you see a bunch of Mandalorians. The Stolen Fleet. Then you see... Stolen Fleet. The Stolen Fleet. They kind of just abandoned. Um, but it's called the Stolen Fleet because they stole the cruiser. And they stole a bunch of other stuff. Which realistically, I don't know. I still, I don't think. Sure, maybe canonically, it's the stolen fleet. Yep. Bo-Katan can't fly that thing on her own, so. No. So, yeah. So you have this big thing. Then they pan back over to Bo-Katan and Din. And they've tracked the stolen fleet. They found them on, it is called, um, Plazir? Plazir 15? Plazir 15 is where they're going. That's where they found them. So you find Plazir 15. And we've never seen Plazir 15 in, in in the galaxy that I've known that I know of. I've never seen Plazir 15. No, never it's mentioned not in it. mind. It looks really cool though. I like this whole when you get on it, it's it's there's quite a bit of foliage and a quite a oh, yeah. quite a quite a lot of greenery, uh, but there's also a bunch of different domes which seems to be where their major cities are. Yep. It's almost like um the lakes of Naboo, where Jar Jar's people live, yeah, but right above ground, yeah, and it's really cool too. So you see, like these really nice, really nice planets. So they they they're looking. They try to hail. They're like, "Hey, can we talk to the fleet?" And this automated voice comes on. It's like, "Welcome to Plazir 15. Uh, we want you to land here. Good <laughs> we're, luck." We're, and we're just, taking your ship. Yeah, <laughs> take control of it. They land. There's Imperial droids. First of all, they're like, "Why are there Imperial droids here?" You can tell that in Mando, he's already on Good the back question. foot being like, mm, hold up. It's the D word. You can't mention it around Mando. Mm -mm, no droids. I mean, the last one he trusted, R5. <laughs> no, it's true. You're right. And then he gave them up to uh, to the Alliance. Captain uh, Taylor, or Tabar. Yes. Anyway, so they have to go in, pans to this, this rail fires like a bullet train which is still so cool so cool they were like to be the blaster way out opens up to who else but probably one of the funniest cameos we've had period <laughs> it is and it was a moment where i heard the voice and i said is that jack black it's jack and, black and it is jack black and then i go i think that's lizzo it was jack black and lizzo they are a married couple they're uh King and queen. And diplomats. And diplomats. <laughs> like, so they were so not only are they royal, they were elected. They're elected officials, which is, yeah, kind of weird. Um, but it's this really weird, like, do you like, sec I hope you like secretions. And it's like this weird, like, thing in a vat that's, like, feeding 
all these people. You see some like really cool other species of um, things. You see the guys who do like the who are part of the band. Yeah. And, um, you see quite a few different species that are just present. And it's really cool. So then you see Jack Black and Lizzo. They're kind of like, we need, you can talk to the Stolen Fleet, but we need your help. And this is where the Scooby-Doo song comes in. Yes. And the man, and like, if I could have got the CSI Miami in time, I would have and spliced it together. But they're like, you want to see the view? And they take them over the balcony. And they're talking about, hey, like, we got a problem. Our droids are malfunctioning. And they're like, oh, well, we can take care of malfunctioning droids. The Stolen Fleet can just take care of it themselves. And they're like, well, here's the thing. Our security guards can't take on battle droids. They're like, what do you mean ba battle droids? You like mean from super battle droids? You mean from, the big wrist rockets? Like from like the CIS war, like 40 years ago, battle droids? Mm -hmm. um, and they're like, yep, those ones. Uh, okay. And they're like, Stonefleet can do it. And they're like, nah, we don't want them shooting them. We want this like low key. We don't want to panic our civilians. Like we don't want to panic the civilians. And this ties back into like Wally, where like mm -hmm. they're really lazy. They don't want to do anything. Like the droids do everything for them. Yeah, this is yeah. It's kind of got that Wally feel, and it does. they eventually, after they have this conversation, you know, uh, Dinjarin's rubber arms being bent over the idea of going to kill some some droids. You had me a battle droid. You had me a battle droids. Um, they go and meet our nether cameo, which is Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> Great Scott! Great Scott! Great Scott! What the gentleman? And he is like us. the, um, he's overseeing all the droids that are in the city and on yes. the planet. Um, and that is his job. And he notes that, oh, don't worry, I have an emergency shutoff should something go horribly wrong. But he won't hit it because it will ruin. So Jack Black mentions that since the droids do so much for them, mm -hmm. that all the money the, that they make goes towards bettering the planet. And that's why it's so like utopia esque. Yes. Because everyone can, there's money for everybody. They can all do what they want, and they don't really know what to do without the droids. They've kind of been piggy, like they've been piggybacking off the droids for such a long time that they can't live without it. So it's almost like dystopia, where if the droids go away, they're screwed. Mm -hmm. But with the droids, they're fine. Yeah. And Christopher Lloyd's like, you know what? I don't know anything about malfunctioning droids. Here's some here's some video. I'm the security guy, but I got, I got I'm busy. You take care of it. Yeah, this is where our Wally situation kind of comes in. Very the, much so. Of the we are dependent on these droids, and if they go down, we're screwed. Exactly. So then you have, you have cue the CSI Miami. Yeah. <laughs> and now you have Bo-Katan and Mando taking to the streets. Meanwhile, Grogu's being babysit by Lizzo. So that's, that's where Grogu is during this episode. Which he very happily leaped over. To yeah, Lizzo. for a sardine. Sardine. Come get the fishy. Um, so then they figure out that the, all these droids, they're being built and maintained by Ognots. And the really cool thing, so we've seen Ognots uh, season one. I have spoken. I have spoken. Probably one of the best characters of season one. Honestly, the two biggest like one-liners that were taken away from season one was this is the way and I have spoken. Yeah. And, and sometimes in the same sentence. <laughs> sometimes in the same sentence. So it's really nice to have like Ugnaughts back. And there was a rumor that one of the Ugnaughts was Mark Hamill. I don't know if that's confirmed. I'm not going to say it is, just in case it's not. <laughs> so we tried. We looked. And we really tried to figure out whether it was or was not Mark Hamill. The big thing is, he's not credited at any point no. in time. And I feel like if we're going to have Mark Hamill in Star Wars, you he's got to be credited somewhere. It would make sense. So, um, so the fact that he wasn't credited makes me think that it's not him. And you have this, and like that's that's kind of the issue I have. Where like, when James Bond was a stormtrooper, like they all, yeah, all the actors pretend to be stormtroopers. But like, I don't know if he comes out and says yes, I was it, then I will say cool. 
Until then, may or may not be. It's just kind of a rumor at the moment. But you see Bo-Katan having this conversation where she's like, Hi, I'm Bo-Katan of uh, Mandalore. <laughs> Who's in charge? <laughs> uh, and they're like, nope. They just keep working away and they keep... And she tries like two more times and... And uh, Mando's like, hey, I know so-and-so. I can't remember the name of the original Ugnaught. Um, from here, and I have spoken. And all the Ugnaughts are like, all right, so how can we help you? Pretty much. Speak our language. Very interesting. So they talk about it. They have this very good conversation about malfunctioning droids. And he's like, trust me, you guys are the best droid smiths I know. You're not at fault. It's something else. So then they have this thing where they, they tell them to go to the docks. And we see a B-1 battle droid. B1. And I love B1 battle droids. The Roger Rogers. They have so much like character in these stupid droids. If you watch Clone Wars, and Dan is currently watching Clone Wars, they have so much personality. Like, ah, uh, do we take prisoners? Uh, what do we do here? Like, they're, it's just so almost good. like the weird comic relief. Yet they're kind of deadly. Yeah, like they'll shoot and kill you, but like they don't like they're just droids. Um, so you see them, and then there's a line, like a conga line of B2 super battle droids, which if you look back to season one. One of Din Djarin's flashbacks, where he first gets adopted by Mandalorians, is a B1 battle or a B2 battle droid that shoots his family, and then he gets saved by a Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like really it's plays where into. It's to be a foundling. Yeah, and that really plays into I think Din's backstory. Mm -hmm. So as Bo-Katan's talking to the B1 battle droid, <laughs> Bo uh, Din starts kicking, just like that. Yeah, like that. So it's <laughs> kicking the B2s. And the battle droids like, no, they're fine. Like I, I, we repurposed them. They gone through. They went through like diagnostics. They're fine. And then it's like, well, if I just keep kicking them, then they'll be fine. And exactly. The and why are you concerned about me kicking them? Yeah. And he's like, the one that I keep kicking will be the one that uh, that reacts. And this is where the CSI good cop bad cop kind of situation comes in, where. Yeah. Bo-Katan's just like, look, we can reason with him. And Din Djarin's unhinged self is just like, nah, we kick. I'm kicking the battle droids. I'm so he them. keeps kicking the battle droids until he kicks one, and it falls over. And it comes back with a swift backhand. Oh man, he takes out like a champ, just pong. Yeah, right and he, in the head. well, like the thing is, B twos are their armor's thick, mm. not as thick as Beskar, but like B two armor smacking, and like that's a lot of servos in there. That's a lot of muscle, so it just backhands and knocks him over. You betcha. And we all this conversation just during this. Why he didn't like why the B two didn't start shooting. Uh, B2s, they probably had the wrist rockets and their wrist blasters taken Man, off. Man, I was waiting for an iconic, watch out for those wrist rockets! <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense that they take them off, because yes. if they're repurposed, they don't need weapons. No, exactly. Then they talk about, you know, Dan and I were talking about, like, why didn't it, like, just fight back? And realistically, it'll play into the episode where it doesn't want to get captured. It doesn't want to show why. Yes, we find out a little bit later as to why. So, they ensue the Scooby-Doo chase theme, and they're chasing after it, it's a good, it's a really cool chase scene, honestly. The B2 starts throwing stuff. <laughs> it throws a lot of stuff, actually. Um, really cool scene. Just watching the B2 run, it looks so cool. I'm happy they kept that, like, that hefty, muscular top and, like, the little legs and still moving. Um, really cool scene. Din tackles it. It gets up. It's going to, like, beat the heck out of him, and Bo-Katan shoots it twice, and that's it. Pretty much. It goes down, and then a bunch of robots come out, and they're just like, hey, this is a crime scene. Back off. And whoop, I, whoop. I just want to talk about, I missed something earlier. Um, when you go into the, in the like, when they're telling the view, they say, our security team can't deal with this. If you look at the security team, they're all wearing stormtrooper armor, sure. except for their heads. They have the capes. They have capes on with staffs, but it's all stormtrooper armor. That is true, yes. Because they're all That's former Imperials, point. which is really cool, too. So, that aside... The little robots come out, this is a crime scene, this is a crime scene, and 
They go to, of course, it, it couldn't be a CIS or a CSI episode if we didn't have a morgue. Exactly, robot morgue. So they go to the robot morgue, <laughs> and which is the weirdest sense. <laughs> it's just, <sighs> and you have your classic CSI. Now we gotta draw some blood from yeah, this thing. We gotta and like gotta oh, get a blood sample. What's in the blood? What's in the blood? Zoom enhance. Yeah. yeah. Zoom in on that. Zoom in on Zoom that. Zoom in again. Enhance. And uh, they do, and they find that uh, inside of the droid blood, droid blood oil thing, whatever that, it seems um, to be some writing in it. And they look it over, and it's the Tech um, Federation or the Techno Union. Uh, it's writing from them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Techno Union, they haven't been around since uh, since the Republic Wars. And uh, then you have this moment where <laughs> the droid, and they're actually nanomachines too. They mentioned the nanomachines. The droid, the little like droid that was like taking the blood, goes haywire. Because mm-hmm. now it's had the nanomachines in it. Now it's going crazy. So it starts spinning with a laser, and Boca Tank, it's like, she's hiding, and the doctor gets hit, and then Din's like, Bram! That was a good noise, eh? Bram! Yeah, just cuts it in half. Cuts the, with the Darksaber, which is really cool. We're seeing him use the Darksaber more. So they cut it in half, and they're like, okay, we gotta go, we gotta do this. So they do some more adventuring. It's pretty much all monotonous. <laughs> I hate to say it. And they track it back to uh, the person who ordered it. And who ordered it but... Christopher Lloyd. Great Scott. Great Scott. Um, so our, our security manager ordered this. Uh, not even ordered it. He smuggled it in. Mm-hmm. And they go back and they're like, listen, Christopher Lloyd. You did it. We know. You're Mr. Jenkins. <laughs> they, pull the hell, they pull the head off. It was always Mr. Jenkins the entire time. And he goes, you can't... It was Doc Brown the entire time. I would have gotten away with it wasn't for you. <laughs> and very much in this time, Christopher Lloyd's character opens the failsafe. And he's like, don't move. I'm ready to blow. I'm ready to blow. And Which, pretty much... The like, button, this, I think we explained already, it just turns all the robots Yeah, it'll off. turn all the droids off completely. Um, and the city can't have that. So it's this moment where like, Bo-Katan's like, you have so much to live for. Don't do it. And Din just shoots him with a taser. Yep. And that's it for him. Yeah, I, he caught him monologuing. He did. And about uh, being a separatist. Yeah, so he meant, the big thing is he's a separatist, which we didn't really know the separatists were still around. So the separatists, if you don't know, were the Banking Clan, the Trade Federation, and the Techno Union. They all fought against the Republic during the Clone Wars. They built the battle droids. Head of the separatists, Count Dooku, General Grievous, and ultimately uh, Darth Sidious. Christopher Lloyd mentions Count Dooku quite a bit. He does, how, how actually, Dooku which was, is also really cool. It's a nice callback to... It is. ...to uh, Darth Tyrannus. Darth, yeah, who's the one who ordered the clones. Yes. Um, technically, it wasn't really Darth Tyrannus, but he's the one who helped uh, Master Sifo Dyas order it. Either so way, it, still. I, it tie, it's big. He's a big... It's a huge name drop. Huge name drop. And you kind of see that the Separatists still idolize Count Dooku. Count Dooku was weird. He was a Jedi who was also royalty, who then went back and took over royalty as being a Jedi. And then when he became a Separatist again, he quit the Jedi Order because he was a Sith and it's complicated history he's dead now doesn't really matter but it's cool that we have a name drop now Christopher Lloyd's character is like I've always been a separatist blah 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 they bring old man Jenkins up to uh, Lizzo and Jack Black and Lizzo's like I'm so disappointed in you you should know better and he's like I will do anything I can my lady I am so sorry and that's that was spot on that was a great impression that's pretty much it like that is like that is what that's how that's like that's how that part of the episode ends Lizzo's like you'll have to live in exile on the moon this is after they're playing what looks like uh, uh, space croquet yeah pretty much space croquet which Grogu's cheating 
Pillbugs. Pill, pill yeah, Pillbug and Grogu's cheating. He's using the Force to make Lizzo win. Um, so that's it. That's that that part of the episode. And like, I, I we covered it quick, but that is what it is. Like, it's you have to watch it for yourself to enjoy it. I agree. Honestly, uh, watching it the second time, I don't think it's quite as enjoyable. Yeah, um, fair. Dan, see, Dan's is opposite. Dan loves it. That's just my opinion. Yep. It's my opinion. I, it, it's I I was like, okay, let's move on. So then, the big part of the episode that matters is Bo-Katan and Din have done what they wanted. They are now, uh, what are they, royalty? Or no, they're royalty, they're, they're um, what do they do? What does Lizzo do to them? Oh, uh, well, she, well, hold on, she knights Grogu. Yeah, that's, that's huge. Grogu's not a Jedi knight. He is. But he is a knight. He is Sir Grogu now. I hate that. Oh, uh, no, it's fantastic. It's great. But like, We're what, trying to make it stick. Uh, but like, what did Grogu need to be in the episode for, right? Like. He, to be adorable. All he did, yeah, but that's the thing, is like... To be adorable. I guess. So, that's all he needs to be. And Din and bo get some, like, high honor. I don't know what happens. They're always going to be welcome back. Blah, blah, blah. I didn't really pay attention to that part. I don't know. Maybe they offered him another plot of land. Maybe. They're going to have, like, a summer home and a winter home. <laughs> exactly. You never know. You so, know, yeah. back on Navarro's, their summer home. This is their summer getaway. You yeah, know? like, they have, like, it's an old domed in. It's great. <laughs> um, so then you have the Stolen Fleet. And... Axe Wolves is the classic. I'm in charge now. sits on a on a like a tote, and he's kind of like waiting for Bo-Katan. Now we haven't seen that much of Axe Wolves. No, uh, but he's super cool. We saw him in season two with Bo-Katan. Yup. And we saw him with Bo-Katan and the un- other girl whose pop figures on sale at Toys R Us sponsor us. Name we um, escaped. Yeah. So we see them, and they go in in season two and kind of take on Moff Gideon and take on the Imperial Regiment, and we see him like doing cool stuff. We haven't really seen him since. And he's not just a lazy general. He's not just like the captain. He's doing his best to keep the Mandalorians, at least this sect of Mandalorians, the non-zealots, alive. Really cool. Plays in. The Wolves family is not one of the big families of Mando, or Mandalorians, so it's not like Saxon or it's not Vizsla. Like, like House Visla or something. No, so or, he's, or House Kreese. He could be a part of one, but we don't really know. No. Um, so you have Bo Katan and him have this conversation, and he's like, Oh, you came back, eh? Uh, you looking for money? Like, you want to like join the crew? And she's like, No, I want the sh- I want the ship back. I want everything back. Like, I'm here to take everything home. And he's like, I don't think so. So they have this really cool fight. <laughs> Basically, you're not the boss of me. Yeah, and she's like, I'll fight you for it. And he's like, okay, deal. <laughs> and they have this really cool fight. Where they use, oh, like, man. They use everything in their arsenal. Yeah, absolutely. I think the only thing that wasn't used, and I don't know. So this is my question yep. for Mandalorians. Is Din Djarin the only one with whistling birds? I think currently, yes. Which because is wild. You don't see This it. is not a, like, it's, it's, it's kind of just a win button, you but know? You do have, like, so... It's on his left hand, yep, I believe, and Bo-Katan has the shield on her left hand. That's true. And Axe Wolves has the flamethrower. So I think it's like it's like you can kind of pick and choose what you'd like. Yeah. But the Whistling Birds are made of um, uh, Beskar, so that's, that's why true. that's why you need them because they're they're Beskar darts. Yeah. So it's very hard to get them. So I'm gonna say for now we haven't seen them. It's gonna be just him. Yeah. We know that certain ones have wrist rockets because that's what they're training with with Grogu and the kid, but we don't know. So we see this epic fight. They're using vibro blades. They're using Axwell starts it strong with a with the rocket off of his backpack immediately. I also love the use of the rockets uh, and the jetpacks in their oh, so fighting. Yeah, so good. Like Bo-Katan immediately gets the high ground just by using the 
just by using her her jetpack. Yep. And and uh, it's it's a really well choreographed fight. It's so cool. And you see like Bo-Katan gets Axe Wolves down. She's like, Eel, Axe Wolves like, nope, jetpack. Flying to the ship, they're bouncing off. You see Mandalorian ships and you see Imperial cruisers because they or Imperial transports because they've captured this all. So this big thing where they're like they're fighting, boom, 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 flamethrower, shield, vibroblades, rockets, no blasters. That no blasters because they don't want to kill each other. Well, that I being mean, the said, may have done that. there is this moment where they're on the back or on the wing yep. of one of the ships, and Bo-Katan falls off, and she uses her grappling hook to pull off uh, Axe Axe yeah. so Probably the coolest part of the fight. I would say so. Um, and uh, I was just like, oh, yikes. That uh, that hurts. Yeah. That could be bad. They get beat up quite a bit. So yes. then, finally, Bo-Katan gets him down. Do you yield? Her hook blade, her Assassin's Creed. Yes, which is also Assassin's so Creed cool. Hidden blade comes out. And she's like, "Do you yield?" And he's like, "You'll never be the leader of the Mandalorians. You don't have the dark saber. He does. The zealot. The zealot. The zealot. And has he's very the, much a sore loser at this point. He kind of is. He's kind of just that kid on the on the on the uh, playground. He's just like, no, you who win. picked a fight, got beat up, and was like." You're still a loser. Yeah, I was like, yeah, you won the fight, but you still suck, and I don't like Exactly. It. <laughs> so then you have this moment where I want to say I called this, by the way. Mm-hmm. I called this. You look back at the episodes. Evan never disputed me. No one in here disputed me. Nope. But I called it. So okay. then we have this moment where, um, where Axe Wolves is like, well, you won. This fleet's yours. You're in charge. But you don't have the Darksaber, so you can't lead the people. You're not the boss of me anymore. And Din's like, <clears throat> Uh, technically, she does. I've had this in my back pocket for a while now, literally and figuratively. Pretty much, yeah, really. <laughs> and he's like, uh, he's like, well, she rescued me and killed the guy who captured me. So I think by the law, this is hers. And she takes it and like lights it, and it looks so cool. And Max Wolves is like, <sighs> yes, I guess you're right. <laughs> and, it's and that's the like thing. A, and what, what's the most important thing about this? Is he doesn't just get Axe Wolves he gets approval. He gets everything. all the Mandalorians to be like, you know what? Your logic makes sense. This makes sense. There and the nice thing is too, there's a minute, like there's a moment where Bo-Katan very much has a sentence where she's like, Din Djarin's as much of a Mandalorian as the rest of us. Yes. Which is really good, really key, because now she's taking on the role of Uniter. Mm-hmm. She's she's doing what she has to do. Oh. The armor her the armor put this great trust in her. And now she's got it. And if you look back to when they were talking about the covert, they said, like, we don't have ships. Now they're going to have ships. They're going to have a cruiser that can mm-hmm. pick up all the Mandalorians in the covert and take them to Navarro or to Mandalore. Because now they've said, we're going to Mandalore. Ooh, okay, yeah. So this is, that's the end of this episode. Yep. I have a series of theories and or questions and also comments. Love it. Um, one. We know that Moff Gideon has been taken. One, Moff Gideon has not been mentioned in this episode because Din Djarin and Bo-Katan do not know where he is. That was Which makes me think that neither one of them have it. Yes, they have no idea where he is. What if these group of Mandalorians is the ones who took him and he's on the ship? So that would make some sense. That would be pretty wild. That would make some sense. Like, Dan also had a comment right before he was talking about, like, is this the new Death Watch? Have you seen Clone Wars? Death Watch is, like, the group of Mandalorians that keep Mandalore for the Mandalorians. Yes, I could see both things, being that the Stolen Fleet is, like, the new Death Watch, and they have Moff Gideon. And maybe the Mandalorians really did shoot the, the transport down and capture Moff Gideon. I mean, they got the firepower. The question is why. That is the big question. That is like the huge question. Like, it would make more sense if Bo-Katan did it, or if the Vistla did it. 
Like if Paz or any of like the covert, because they want revenge. But the stolen fleet doesn't have a lot of revenge. Like, is it? It could be like ransom. I was thinking money. They said get the entire theme of this episode is guns for hire. They will be. <sighs> they yeah. will be bought. And if honestly, if some big imperial guy says, "Hey, I want you to free Moff Gideon. Here's some money dollars." Yeah. I don't think they'd say no. So I think. I, I'm not saying that's. It's plausible. It's a theory. It's, it's a good. Plausible. It's a good theory. I like it. So that's uh, over there. I still think that Moff Gideon is framing the Mandalorians and trying to get the New Republic against the Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he's trying for. I think he's trying to put the heat on the Mandalorians because they're coming back now. And he knows that if he's in the Outer Rim, Mandalore cannot have power again or he will not be able to bring the Imperial Fleet or the First Order back around to be ready to fight. This is true. Now, is the, the only thing that I think is a little weird is if Moff Gideon is on this ship specifically, yep. where did those TIE Interceptors come from? So that's the thing. If you look, so big news too, we had the Ahsoka trailer drop. Oh yes, that was also We have big. the Ahsoka trailer drop and she's talking about Thrawn. Mithron mm-hmm. Yarodo. So if you see if you see Mithron, or Thrawn for the common tongue, Mithron's really cool because he's this Chiss, the Chiss is from a different galaxy. That doesn't really matter. But Thrawn is, he joined the Imperials to work as a double agent for the Chiss Ascendancy. He's doing the best he can for the Imperials because he met Palpatine and he knows who Darth Vader is. He already figured out he's Anakin. So he tells Palpatine that I'll work for you, but just so you know, if you do anything that happens to threaten the Chiss Ascendancy, I will do everything in my power to destroy you. And Sidious is very much like, yeah, okay. I'll just take care of you myself. And he's like, watch me. So Thrawn wants to be the kind of like the Empire Reborn to have a really good foothold in this galaxy to keep the Chiss happy and keep them safe. So in that, when you see Thrawn in his Star Destroyer, it looks like Bo-Katan's planet, which makes me think that now you have the First Order somewhere finding, like, finding their way through the galaxy um, towards that Sith planet where Palpatine's hiding. You also have, now you have Thrawn and, Ma- and Moff Gideon. So maybe the TIE Fighters came from Thrawn, and he was going after Bogotan because he thought she had Gideon. Maybe. That's possible. It would make sense. That would make sense. I could see that. So my thing is either Gideon framed them, it's Thrawn. I think I could be actually both. Thrawn is after Bogotan because he thinks she has Gideon. Gideon framed Bogotan so that Thrawn and the Reb- and the New Republic are going after them because they think that they have Gideon. Gideon, meanwhile, is hiding on some jungle planet. You know, having a samosa, laughing. <laughs> or he's dead. Like, he's not going to be dead, though. You Very know, possible. You know he's not going to be dead. So that's really cool stuff. Um, Speaking of ships, yeah, uh, I believe the internet. We've seen Bo-Katan and Din Djarin for about three to four episodes now. Yep. We've seen the Dadalorian and the Mamalorian. Yeah. Pretty sure the internet is starting to ship Bo-Katan and Din Djarin together. I feel like her... That was a good tie. Speaking of ships, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I think her drive to unite Mandalore isn't going to play that... There's not going to be romance. I also don't think so. I don't think so. If, think... If, if it goes anywhere, it's probably going to be more of Bo-Katan is head honcho of the yes. Mandalorians, and Din Djarin is like her lapdog, like, yeah. like, like the Hound in Game of Thrones. Yeah, like, I, see I need you to do the dirty things or whatever I cannot immediately do right now. I could see it more like an Arya Hound, where that they're, makes more they're sense. friends and protectors of each other. Yes. And we haven't seen Boba Fett yet. And That's Boba true. Fett is a Mandalorian. By the laws of the Mandalorian creed, he needs to bathe and he's good to go. 
Pretty much. So I think we're going to see Boba towards the end of the season. I think we're probably going to have him join for the, the Siege of Mandalore, part two. So I don't know if that'll matter. I really don't think that Boba Fett will cleanse it's, himself to be a part of the He's not going to, but I think Din's going to call on him. Because when Maybe. Boba called on Din, Din came. No, it's true, but I, I don't think that he's still going to be like, yep, you got to bathe before you can join us. I really think that at this point in time, the armor and Bo-Katan are like, hey, if you're a Mandalorian, we take you. I don't care if you're absolved. I don't care whatever. Heard that? Evan and I are Mandalorians. Yeah. We're going to Navarro. I'm We're going to Navarro. <laughs> Get the, get the band back. Um, so with that, like that's the episode. Like it's it's a lot of cool theories. Tomorrow's the newest episode. One more thing. Yes. One more thing before we go. Uh, with the passing of the dark saber and that final shot with yep. Bo-Katan and the lights and not the lightsaber. Dark the dark saber. saber. It is, it is a lightsaber. Is Bo-Katan the Mandalorian now? I think canonically, yes. I think if you were to look at it from a standpoint, and like there's been some news. Some, I, it's not confirmed that Pedro Pascal kind of had some issues with Disney, and that's why Disney's kind of putting Bo-Katan in the forefront now, because yep. she's going to be the new head of the Mandalorian, because it's, it's called the Mandalorian. It can be any Mandalorian. It's true. I really think that this is also Pedro Pascal's exit stage left. I think so. And, like, again, like, as much as that sucks, Din Djarin's done a lot, but, again, we talked. he's not a good Mandalorian. He's good with the Disintegrator, but he's not good hand-to-hand. Uh, he's an excellent pilot. Yeah, but, like, Bo-Katan does all that. And more. And a bag of chips, right? Like, and a bag of chips. So I think if they're going to hand it off, cool. I think we're going to have Boba and Bo-Katan. And if Din Djarin's gone, as much as I like Pedro Pascal, it'll be it'll be upsetting. But if that's how it goes, that's how it goes. Okay. But we've, t- we've been told there's at least one more season coming. It's true, yes. And I think in this, I think he can't be done yet because of the season. No, I think if he, but I think he's going to play a smaller role. I could see it. Like, like Book of Boba Fett. Yes. Where he I was in so. it because people wanted him in it, but like he didn't do a ton. He was just kind of getting a ship and hanging out. But that's okay. We, we'll still see the Dadalorian in The Last of Us. Definitely. And I think, like, with that, that's the episode. So, that is our episode. tomorrow's episode's going to come out. We don't know the runtime. We don't know what's going to come. I really hope it's not going to be more of the New Republic and it's going to be them getting the stolen fleet and the. Mandalorians together and getting ready for this, like the Battle of Mandalore. Yeah, I think I'm so. gonna guess it's gonna be a shorter episode. The next one's gonna be shorter. This one was 46 minutes, and yeah. with a with a five minute recap plus the six minutes of credits, it was more like 35 ish. 35, which is a consistent time we've got. Sounds um, right. There's only a couple episodes left. I know. As far as I know, I know, but it's so good so far. So I think we're gonna see what has to happen is a Moff Gideon has to show up. We have to see this new empire that's still around because they're yep. going to come to stop them guaranteed mm-hmm. we're going to see the mythosaur yep i think the mythosaur eats moff gideon <laughs> that would be fantastic that would be amazing uh we have to see the grogu kind of grow into his armor yes we i would ha- love to see a uh more mature grogu i'm tired need realistically it. i think the baby has been cute and adorable but season, i, I think we need it. to see that growth and I think we're going to have a... I think if we see Thrawn, it's going to be a tie-in to Ahsoka. Because Ahsoka's coming out in August. It's so true, I think so. I can see it. Um, that's really all that has to happen. Maybe Boba Fett comes back in, maybe not. It's. I think we might see the Marshal. If Boba Fett's in it, we're yes! going to see the Marshal. Because he's still I in totally back I totally forgot to about him. Cobb Vance. So if Cobb, if Boba is in it, Cobb Vance is going to be in it. Because Boba saved Cobb Vance, threw him in a back to tank. Um, yes. Navarro is looking for a, a Marshal. They even used the word a Marshal. Now so. we got one. He's we'll just see sitting in a tube. Yeah. But uh, that's it. Uh, thank you for watching The Mandalorian Review only on RiotRadio.ca at the uh, DCSA Media Hub. Um, my name is Eldon Atkin. This is Evan Halbert. And uh, this is the way. And I have spoken.